Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. Hi, Katie. Hi, Claire. It's been a while. Yeah, you've had a holiday. I have had a holiday, Bobs. I was in Portugal picking up my surfing and it was lovely. It was really nice to get away, to have a break, to have a lie down, to be in the water. But last time I left you, I was on tender hooks for you because you were about to go and see Kate Newbold. You had your old scans in hand, so you what the beginning of this journey was like, and then you were going to get a readout from her about how things were before and after then and now and what the difference was between your results. So you were literally about to go to the appointment like half an hour after we spoke. It, it, was, we, it was a bit of a cliffhanger, <laughs> the last episode, which makes... Th- this is a bit of a bonus episode. I would like to call this our bonus episode yeah. before our wrap-up yeah. episode. You can't not tell people the about season. the results. That would be terrible. Yeah. I was thinking about this on my holiday. I was like, oh, God, Jesus Christ. And I should have contacted you. I was like, Claire, you should just ask her. And then I was like, no, I'm going to wait till I actually speak to you. So I'm It's funny now, because I felt I like messaging you, you and... and, and I honestly was tempted to send you a message to say, Claire, it's all okay. But then I thought, no, no, let's save it for the podcast. (laughs) Claire can suffer. Yeah, I wonder how we just sleep a bit better in Portugal, I don't know. So is that a thumbs up? You've got a thumbs up from Kate Newbold. Do you know what? What were we expecting, Claire? What I can't, like I say I can't remember, I can remember. What I mean is... I put a lot of expectations on those scan results, yeah. but nothing miraculous is going to happen. Like, we knew yeah. that he took out a fuckload of lymph nodes, mm. a.k.a. a fuckload of cancer from the neck. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that the radioactive iodine didn't really go anywhere. It hit some residual tissue around the neck, but otherwise... Mm. So even though I had a lot hanging on that, but it's, again, that realisation that this is the long game, Claire. Yeah. This is... Yeah. I'm in this, you know, I'm really here yeah. to stay in this fucking yeah. cancer game. Yeah. And ultimately, I think I had a lot of expectation. There was good and there was less good. So basically, the interesting thing is that the ontrectinib, despite me being off that for six weeks, so having that six-week break from the cancer treatment, it still actually was doing, doing some work thing. around the lung area. Wow. Dinch and I were like, Wow. Now, don't forget that the ontrectinib is normally given to ROS1 fusion cancer patients who have lung cancer. Mm -hmm. It's never given to thyroid. So I then just wonder, does it kind of continue to work on the lung? Is it more impactful there? Yeah. Possibly. Again, it has a long half-life. Like, even if you're not taking it, it continues to stay in the body and it continues to work, even though you're not taking it daily. But But is your question... Is it, it's not working on the, it's working on the lung, but it's not working anywhere else. It's not working anywhere else. So it does work. The ontrectinib, we know it it can work in other places because it has, in my case, Mm. when I took it pre-surgery. So obviously this wasn't about any ontrectinib because I'd only been on the ontrectinib a week. And then I had the scan or not even, I just started taking it. And then the other thing that the scan results showed was that there are actually a couple of, lymph nodes under my chin which have grown a little bit by a couple of millimeters mm-hmm. but the thing is on a scan if anything is under a centimeter it doesn't show up as okay. like cancerous or disease it has to be 
at least a centimetre. I think that's right. Again, don't quote me. But basically, there Maybe. are two under the chin that weren't we didn't see before that we now see that are slightly over a centimetre. And then there are, like, there's something going on additionally around the chest area, like maybe one or two lymph nodes around there. But significantly around the neck, there's hardly anything there apart from those ones I've mentioned. Amazing. The lung, like I've said, yeah. it's reduced. And so it's kind of like it's good and bad, which is the name yeah. of the game, babes. Yeah. yeah. In my experience, it's the name of the game. And I think... As ever, you know, I'm wanting answers. What's next? What's next? And her response yeah. is, let's look at your next scan result in two months' time. So Okay, so you're just on the entrectinib. You're on the entrectinib till then. Is, is that what you're taking? So I stick with entrectinib basically for as long as it works. Mm -hmm. And I'm still taking meds for my calcium. And life has sort of normalised, you know, as much as it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a really different outlook now being on this cancer treatment. I think having gone through that mm -hmm. surgery and how horrific it was. I just feel so incredibly lucky that I can pretty much go about my life Day. Um, yeah. on entrectinib. Yeah, and that's amazing. You know, I feel like, wow, about that. So definitely my perspective has changed even once again because I went through all that awful physical experience in recovery. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm on this drug and oh, poor me, my tea tastes like it's got honey in it. <laughs> <laughs> the incessant perennial sweetness has returned to everything. But one question I had was, I know you said that, like there may be an option for you to go back and do more radiotherapy treatment. And would that be something that was only considered like after your next scan? Like, where does that sit in the protocol? Exactly, that's what I asked her. I asked her about radiotherapy and I asked her about surgery. Mm -hmm. And let's see what comes yeah. up in this next scan. I mean... I think that there are different options for treatment in addition to the entrectinib, depending on where these cancerous lymph nodes are, obviously. So I think there's options and I think we just have to, you know, I have yeah. to just get back into that mindset of step by step. Yeah. I can't go much further than that, you know, and it's back to those like monthly checks, bloods, checking in with her and then a, probably a scan every eight to ten weeks. This is the new tempo of things. So a monthly scan rather than weekly or anything. Oh, no, it's a monthly check-in check and then and two, a scan and two every months. two months. Okay. I think that's the tempo for the foreseeable. Okay. And, yeah, back on the untrectinib and kind of having similar side effects to before, the sweet taste in the mouth, slight wobbles every now and then. But my heart's good. Yes, thumbs up. I went to see my heart doctor and that's all good. So I've take, he's taken me off one of the drugs, mm -hmm. which is great and kept me on the strengthener just to kind of carry me through while I'm on the ontrectinib. And the calcium um, levels, how are you those? Still, yeah, still still not good. So I'm still knocking back fizzy orange squash three times a day. Well, it's not, but that's what it tastes like. Yeah. So that's a bit annoying, and I actually caught up with that doctor, the endocrinologist, Dr Morgenstein, and I just spoke to him today, and he was like, yeah, keep going, Katie, and we'll check in yeah. in a bit. So, yeah, so I'm kind of living that all out. It was weird today because I met up with one of my longest-standing clients. He's a friend, but he's a client. He's an agent. I've worked with him for about 20 years. And it was so nice to meet up. We just, like, went for coffee and had a bite to eat. 
but it was like, oh my God, that's my work world. Yeah. Wow, I haven't engaged with that, apart from Tom, obviously, and yeah. seeing Tom. And how did that feel? That was strange. Yeah, I mean, we go back such a long way. And obviously I want to know what everyone's up to and I want yeah. to check in. But now what's really interesting is like he knows so much about my life, yeah. you know, which yeah. like we didn't socialise in that way. And he was really engaged with the podcast and you know he was one of the group of people that I'd sent it to before it was officially a podcast yeah. when we were doing this as an audio yeah I think what was really interesting actually was kind of just his feedback and there were certain things I think was it really struck him and the little things he said to me Katie you know I realize when you talk about just little things like having a shower and getting ready in the morning yeah. like how we take those things for granted and mm. actually you can spend some time doing that. And I was like, seriously, I spend time doing that now because yeah. I, I went through such a period of not being able to do it. And it's like, enjoy those little moments, yeah, you know, those things, those rituals, those daily routines. Relish and just... savour them, these things we rush through. Relish and savour them because they are so special. Yeah. yeah, and it felt really good that he, that everyone's getting something yeah, from it, yeah, you yeah. know, or not, but if they are, it could be something completely different to another listener. And I just, I love that. I think that's really brilliant, you know, that everyone takes their own thing from it. It mm. really means a lot. So it was interesting because obviously I'm very disengaged from yeah. that world in a day-to-day -day way. And it's been my world for 20 years. So, yeah, there's a kind of like that transition. But, yeah, I just wouldn't be able to do it any differently, you know, for the foreseeable. Yeah. And you don't um, need to. You've got a big project. You're looking after you. You're healing yourself. So mm. that's, that's enough of your, where your time and energy need to go. I've started a fundraising page. Yes, OK. Tell us about that fundraising page, Katie. Where can people find out about it? <laughs> it's a Just Giving page. So if you go to Just Giving and then it's justgiving.com forward slash team forward slash talking with cancer. And the reason it's a bit complicated and I've waited a while to do it is because it's quite hard to set up a fundraising page for two charities. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's not just a straightforward thing. You you can kind of fundraise for one charity or then separately for another. But obviously what I want people to do is be able to go to this page and you can donate. And if you split your donation, you can donate half of that to Maggie's and half of that to the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity. So go do that now because this podcast, as we've said before, is free. We don't make any money from it. You don't make any money from it. So if people like it, they don't pay for it. They can donate for it. And also what's so great about those charities that they will, they're, they're charities that you've personally been involved with. They've helped and supported you. And the idea is that, you know, the more people that donate, the more money there'll be to help people just like Katie or nothing like Katie. But just so those services are there for everybody who needs them in times of like, yeah, times of crisis. Exactly. Well, we've heard from both, you know, Kate of the Royal Marsden and we've heard from Robin at Maggie's, so there's some insight into how both those organisations yeah. work. But work yes, you're right, they really impact me and they've really helped me and, you know, so they are personally chosen by me. If you met Kate in real life, you'd be like, love, can I buy you a cup of tea or would you like a coffee? Or, you know, can I get you a glass of wine? Why don't you put that money towards a little donation? Exactly. There you go. That's exactly right. Or a cake, actually. If you think in real life you'd buy Katie a cake, 
Make that turn out. And money I like into... really expensive cakes, <laughs> don't I, Claire? Yeah, maybe cake and tea. If, if, if you want to take me to the Ritz yeah, for afternoon yeah, tea, say, don't if, worry about that. I think in real life you'd buy Katie a hamper. Oh, uh. <laughs> you know those Fortnum and Mason yeah, hampers? When you want it, send one to me, but also make that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Match funding, a hamper to me, and the equivalent amount in the donation bucket. All proceeds going to Maggie's. Don't get me a hamper, yeah. Don't get your hamper, yeah. all proceeds to Maggie's. It feels weird to come back to it now after you said, you know, this feels like another new chapter for you. You're resolutely looking forward. The tempo of your daily and weekly, monthly life is has changed again. Would it feel weird to introduce the voice memos you created when you were in the um, radioactive iodine suite? Do you feel you can re- you feel you can revisit them? Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think, yeah, I didn't listen to them for ages. Mm. I can't even remember when I sent them to you. It was a long after I'd been yeah, there. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. I didn't get them. We, I didn't. They weren't live updates. No, <laughs> and I've kind of forgotten about it yeah. because I thought they were really boring. I mean, they are really boring. No, but, but I, I think thought it, it might be interesting to hear them. Okay, well, Katie did one voice memo a day while you were in the iodine suite, so we're going to listen to those in order and back to back. Go, Katie. So today is the first day that I have checked in to the Royal Marsden in Sutton to start the isolation um, with the radioactive iodine treatment. It's now 4.30, we arrived at nine o'clock and I took the pill, the radioactive iodine pill, two o'clock. Prior to that, there was sort of lots of checking in and bloods were taken and various doctors and nurses came to see how I was. I settled into my room, which is quite small got a small window I'm looking out at a car park not too exciting or eventful got a small bathroom the door is like a stable door so the top half's open and at the opposite side to me is two other rooms and there are two old gentlemen there I had a little chat with one of them actually yeah I don't feel anything actually I feel a bit tired because I haven't had a great night's sleep the last few nights because I've been taking steroids which is kind of part of the prep for this treatment and that's kept me a bit awake so what I'm hoping is that I'll have a little sleep and a little rest and then I might um, settle into one of the movies I've downloaded on my iPad and try and keep myself entertained I'm here for three nights and on the Monday I have a scan in the morning and that will show where the iodine's gone and hopefully it will have gone to the cancer and that will be a good indication that's going to be effective yeah, so just thought I'd send a little update, and that's where I'm at. It's 20 past 11 on Saturday, which means I've had one night in isolation and two to go. I slept quite well, actually, so that's good. And this morning I had to be monitored again for radioactivity just so they can make sure that keeps dropping at a good rate and then change my sheets get rid of all the sheets and everything i was wearing yesterday and shower shower off as much radiation as possible so i've done that i tried getting some steps up walking around my bed i think i've reached almost a thousand and yeah just gonna settle into some tv series now and maybe have a little rest 
So it is now Sunday, nearly 9.30, and I've been in the hospital 48 hours, so another 24 hours to go, which is extremely exciting. I woke up quite early this morning, and I have been watching the final episode of Blackbird, which is really good. Had a chat with my friend Deborah whilst walking around the bed, and that got me about 600 steps, doing a bit of admin and trying to book some nice things for when I'm out of here. So dinners, Dinch and I will have a little trip away for a couple of nights, trying to arrange things like massage and treatments and having things to look forward to. Had my breakfast, which was brown toast with, I just sliced some banana on one piece and I had Marmite on the other. And um, I'm just catching up with some emails now. Monday, it's just gone nine o'clock and I'm getting ready to leave the isolation room, which is very exciting. The last 24 hours have been extremely slow, but yesterday I managed to walk 7,000 steps just pacing around the bed, either being on the phone or listening to a podcast. So that was a good way to get a bit of exercise while I've been here. Yeah, very much looking forward to some freedom. Before I leave, I have to go and have a scan and then they'll monitor my radiation levels and should be out of here. There are many things I thought about this. Just what an incredibly positive outlook you have and how is your spirit and discipline that has got you through that. And for me, this manifests itself most clearly in the fact that you did 7,000 steps in a room. You're walking around a bed, like hats off, love. That is some inc- next level determination. Like, but there's well two done. people I have to thank for that. One is my friend, the guru. Yeah. Who, by the way, I'm interviewing. For, brilliant. For this, yeah, I'm going yeah. to interview her. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And the other person is your sister, Susie. But did she, because she, did she, she sent me podcasts and one of them is about Dolly Parton, right? Yeah. It's really good. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put it on and I'm just going to go, go for a walk. walk. It's 12 step, one pace. I said it. One pace around the bed was 12 steps. I remembered it because it was exactly 12 steps. And the weird thing was that part of Deborah and my conversation, I'm sure she won't mind saying this, was about um, AA, 12 steps yeah, in AA. And I was so like, and I said to her, so interesting, Deborah, I'm doing 12 steps around the bed. <laughs> so, yes, I managed right seven, yeah, yeah, I managed 7,000 steps. That's extraordinary, Katie. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. But what did you feel, Claire? What did you feel? Because I know you were really sweet and really emotional when we spoke about that isolation room and how you felt seeing it. It was a hospital room, basically. Yeah, I think there was that that struck me, how sparse it was, how bare, how unlovely it was. And there were many times in this when my heart has gone out to you and and I have felt deep, deep, deeply sad and deeply helpless. I can't do more. But knowing that you were in that in that kind of room. It just was like, this is not where you are meant to be. This is not fair. This is not right. This isn't good enough for Katie. This is not what I want for her. And I think just seeing that empty clinical bare room and knowing you were there, I was like, this, I can't, I can't handle this. So that, I mean, I know I've been with you through so much, but it was that for me that I was like, no, no, get her out of there right now. We're springing her out. Then also what got to me is that like, there were other people there with you. You were in the middle room and there were two people either side of you going through 
the same they were treatment. at the opposite end oh, okay so they were they were sort of next to each other okay and I was a bit more isolated and they okay. did that because they said to me look we wanted you to have some privacy so we put the two men next yeah. to each other okay that makes um, sense but yes but there was that feeling well it was interesting that yeah you thought I was in the middle of them but yeah I was like on my own on at the other side and you're yeah. also just something telling me about the swing door as well like the hatch that they must open to like give you your meds and stuff like that and just just hear but also like hearing you that you like the you that was like I don't know how many weeks ago your surgery was now I feel I've lost nearly a bit nine of weeks ago nearly really okay so over two months and hearing that version of you and knowing the version that I've spoken to subsequently and then speaking you to you today, just how many phases and stages of this there are in this journey and everything that you've got to go through. My dog barked when you were talking about your toast, what toast you'd had. I can't remember what you said. It was Marmite on one, Marmite on one side and then... Jam on the jam other. Jam on the other. How does it feel for you listening back to them? Like, do you recognise that person? How, how do you feel? <laughs> Sorry, that just makes me laugh that that's <laughs> what you picked up on. But the food was terrible in there, Claire. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't the Ritz, which is why you need a hamper. <laughs> <laughs> it was such bad food. I mean, I like I said, when I was making them, what I realise now, listening back, and, and, you know, at the time I thought, this is so boring. Why, no, you know, why am I doing this? But actually was that mundane and it was yeah. that and I think I always said this like I did not allow myself to go to a certain place like mm -hmm. that's why when I came out of there I just sobbed and sobbed and yeah. sobbed because I just knew I had to get through those yeah. those three nights yeah. and come through the other side and just then I could bore my eyes out and that's something I also took from you as a kind of technique like you downloaded did stuff to watch there was some pre-planning there was some forethought that you know that went into like how to make this experience as nice for yourself as you could possibly be and then also what made me laugh because it's typically you when you said and uh, I've just been doing some admin and I was like Christ alive what the hell are you sorting out in there I don't know calling out your electricity company and making sure you're on the best tariff and we know you weren't doing that because you quickly followed it by I'm doing some nice things and I'm booking some massages and Dinch and I are going away and I was like only you could be uh, only <laughs> you could be diarising you know what so <laughs> many people contacted me because I went in three weeks after surgery and so many people contacted me throughout that period mm. and I just wasn't in a position yeah. to respond to anyone or write yes, back so course, the admin really course. was just okay. replying to really nice emails oh, from okay. friends and family okay. going hi I'm in isolation <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah so, so I think it is interesting listening back and just recollecting I might do that again you know I might just yeah. go back and check myself back into the iodine suite it was <laughs> yeah. so lovely no I know what but, I'm you looking know, for I might yeah. Have to... <laughs> yeah. yeah but but that's the thing now I've done it yeah I feel like I could do it again but I'd do it differently I'd make demands I'd only do it in the week apparently you can do it just for two nights really like, okay this is three. good knowledge this is good knowledge to go forward Got a with bit of knowledge yeah I'd take food in because there's a fridge in the room you know I would do it differently so so yeah if I have to of course I will like yeah. if they think that's even if they think that might work, I would still, of course, I would yeah. do it. And how do you feel about that, Katie, listening back to that Katie from nine weeks ago? You know what, it's how I felt coming out. I feel a lot of sadness and compassion towards yeah. that Katie. I really do, and I feel like 
God, you know, and it's true when you say like, I'm, I'm going through it. I've been through it. Like I'm going through it. I, there's nothing I can do about that. I yeah. just, I have to go through it. And mm. it's really difficult, you know? And I think it's like when you got really teary and now I feel really emotional, like last time when we spoke, because there's nothing anyone can do, yeah. you know, it's, I've just got to deal with it, you know, and my life is like, okay, it's monthly going for checks, but it's also talking to the endocrinologist and yesterday talking to a physio. And I've started doing this lovely private yoga classes mm. with a yoga for cancer teacher. And she's just, yeah. it's wonderful. But my God, I can't do hardly anything, Claire. Yeah. Like, I can't do anything. I keep saying, oh God, lifting my arms. And, and she's like, you've got to stop. Yeah, comparing yourself to what you yeah. love this body now. It's like what you said when you were doing the chair yoga, like before you'd be like, I don't know, deadlifting whatever or you know chin-ups pull-ups whatever and now you're doing chair yoga and, it, and it's I guess it's it's loving the body that you're in now and using and moving that to the best of its ability and that's but I can only imagine that that's really hard because you are super fit you know well that's exactly what she said you've got to learn to love your new body and it might go back and it might not but when I spoke to the physio yesterday yeah. she actually told me because I know I said six months she said it can take a year to get your body back the nerves back the movement yeah. back because I've got problem rotating my shoulders and certain movements with my left shoulder I can't do so there's a lot ahead yeah. I mean there's there's going to be a lot ahead and I think I have to to just be in that but I think what really wanted to do today Claire as well is and I'm gonna I know I'm gonna start crying <laughs> oh, don't cry I know listen look at us but I thought we should tell our lovely listeners that you'll we'll do a bonus episode, a wrap-up episode. Sorry, this is a bonus episode. We're going to do a wrap-up episode. But from there on, it's adieu, it's adios yeah. to our lovely Claire, isn't it? And I feel like we should let our listeners know that because there's yeah. going to be another season without you. Without me. But in your very, very capable hands, yeah. you can run this without me. I don't know. Here it, I don't no, know. No, you can, and, I, and I've seen you do it. Like, everybody that you've interviewed, your understanding of your diagnosis, your depth of knowledge, your insight, your wisdom, and you're bringing that all to bear on this. And I like to think that I kind of got the juggernaut rolling. You like, did. We pushed this boulder together at the beginning, but now it's up and running, and you can totally do this by yourself, and it will be brilliant. I because don't know. I will miss you a lot, and I'm sure the listeners will miss you. But I want to ask you some questions. Can I? Yeah, go. Yeah, of course. Because it's been so much you shooting the questions to me. But when I first asked you back in February, yeah, um, to take you know to to record a conversation, it seems bizarre now when I you know. think about it. What did you think? think? Well, I immediately said yes. I didn't think about it. I was like, yes, of course, because I recognise the importance of this. That you, that one, like telling, we've discussed it so many times, but like repeatedly telling and updating people was really fatiguing for you. And also, and I was like, I completely get that. I understand the motivations for this. Of course, we can just record this and then you can send it off and people have a complete record of how you're feeling. So you don't need to be responding to people all the time in that way and you can just focus on yourself. So I understood it from that perspective. And then also I was like, you will want a record of this at some point you will want to look back at this you will want to know where you came from where you are and where you're going and I know I've seen this transition in in how you've spoken there have been high points and there have been low points but when you've been able to listen again to like where you were where your outlook was positive and where there was a high point you're able to connect with that Katie in you I've felt there have been bits of this that have been useful for you to go do you know what? yeah I was that 
kick-ass positive like pro-advocating for myself like badass nothing is going to stop me kick cancer out folder on the computer like yeah and then there's been other bits where it's been more tender more circumspect and you felt grief and you felt lost for you to know that there are all of those things inside you all the time and that you can access whatever you want whenever you need it it definitely does do that you're right yeah and i think also you're my friend and i love you I've known you for 20 odd years, God damn it. And I didn't want you to have to do this by yourself. But, but, but I think for anybody that's got a friend going through this, like, you, you're like, what the, f- what the fuck can I do? Like, and there are all these, these emotions that I think you go through. Like, well, I saw it with your mum, like, making the chicken soup. Or, like, you know, everybody has a medicine that they want to provide. And this was part of mine. But how has it been for you? Because, it, you know, I always say it can't be easy for Claire, you know, to receive this, you know, most weeks. And again, it's had its highs and lows. And like, how has that been for you? There have been moments where it has been incredibly hard, but it has also been such a tremendous privilege to sit at your feet and learn from you. That's also what I'd say about this. To like witness you go through this has been awful, absolutely dreadful, but it's changed the way that I live for the better. Like your friend saying that like it's made me experience or appreciate having a shower or stepping outside or the rain. Like you've brought an incredible illumination to the joys that we should take from our daily life and that we should appreciate life more. And that for me has been, it's been heartbreaking watching you go through this. But if I have to say that what the positive is, that it's that, it's, um, this has been like an inspiring lesson in how to live well in the worst of times. So yeah. I've kind of noticed you taking yourself off to festivals and all yeah. sorts of activities and I've kind of gone wow Claire I mean you, you've always been good like that and throwing yourself into things but I've definitely I've always slept around <laughs> Stonehenge for the summer solstice yeah I'll get there however however I have to do it I'll get there and a taxi I've... back with seven randoms because there's a train strike yeah it's brilliant and, and I've watched yeah. sort of from afar and I've gone Claire's living life and I love that she's living life and I wonder if she's just going out there and living life because she sits down with me and, you know, there's... Not in a bad way, Claire, but I'd love to feel that it's having that impact on you. That's amazing. Yeah, well, I think just in shifting my perspective, but, you know, I've come off, like, my own kind of health journey at the beginning of this year and all kinds of things like that. Yeah, it's... um, Your perspective on life is so important your mind and, you know, your internal world. Well, is it responsible for how the feedback you receive in the world? And I think watching you and listening to you and being with you in this and how you always strive to look for the positive, to find the light, and it's really, is a really good lesson for everybody. But I don't want this to be about lessons for everybody else because that's not why I went into this. I think, coming back to your original question, like I did it because I wanted to help you and I would have done anything when I found out to help you yeah yeah and I've found you're right like I found this podcast and doing this podcast you know so many of my friends said just do it for you do it because you want to do it and for as long as you want to do it and I have you know which is why I'm going to attempt to continue without you I don't think that's I don't know how that's going to look 
But um, do a brilliant job. But no, but it's been brilliant having you there, Claire. I thank you. I'm so grateful to you because you've been. And every time someone says to me the podcast is great and you're great, and I go, isn't Claire brilliant? And they go, she's amazing. And you, what I always say is like you've held this space for us, for me. You guide me really, really well. I love the interruptions from Susie or whoever it is that comes to the door. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, yeah, but that's also why this is funny sometimes yeah, because yeah, yeah, life yeah, yeah. interrupts, you know, and it should, it should yeah. do that, you know. And so I just can't thank you enough. It's just been amazing having you as part of this and I'm going to really miss you. But I understand, like, you've got a full-time job, you've got a life and you know this is a commitment I'm just telling our listeners like doing a podcast is a commitment it's not just like let's sit down and I mean we do bumble along because we don't we plan do. each episode no no like I didn't know you were going to interview me I would have prepared some better answers I know you would have which is why I didn't tell you damn you damn you <laughs> damn you but more than anything I hope this is even if it's made it a teeny bit easier for you yeah that was my intention of wanting to support you. Yeah. Reminders, Claire, being able to go back to episodes and go, yeah. oh, yeah, I felt like that. Oh, yeah, the Intrectinib did that. You know, those things, really, really valuable. So it's a record and a diary. It's, you know, it's so many things, actually, which is just brilliant. And I'm so, so grateful. I will always be grateful for you. And, you know, despite the fact that I talk about what's happening a lot to a lot of people, like, you know everything you know everything and so does the listener that's listened to every episode but like you yeah. know everything you know yeah but you say I held space I didn't I just didn't get in your way because I realized that as soon as we started speaking that I could interview you this could have been more journalistic I could have maybe asked a load of questions but it didn't feel right because you knew what you wanted to say and there was so much to say so maybe I held space, but I also think I, I didn't put anything in your way to be, to let yourself be. Just, you didn't have to edit, you didn't have to filter, you could just talk. Anyone that's ever come up to me and talked about this podcast is what they've said is so unique about it, is the intimacy. Because I'm not a journalist and I've known you for 20 years and you've known me for 20 years. And so the, the nature of our conversations, I think, is you're really in the room with us. It's eavesdropping on two friends. And yeah. I think that's what's made it what I think has been part of its secret source and hopefully been something that not only has been helpful to you, but again, has been useful and valuable for other people. So if you've listened, thank you. This has been an extraordinary thing to have done with you. But we've had many adventures along the way, Katie. I know. We've had many adventures along the way. We have. I hope you'll carry on listening. Thank you for asking me and for trusting me to do this with you. Never even thought about it, did I? Because, well, you don't know that, but I literally just thought, it's Claire. I just knew it was you. I just knew. You're so good at... You say that you give me the space or you don't guide, or you know, but the skill of listening is something and actually people say to me Claire would be an amazing therapist would you ever want to be a therapist I need too much therapy I don't think I can I think all therapists therapist. need therapy yeah but, fine. but a lot of people say that the really brilliant skill is the listening and I'm trying to think I mean you've always been a good listener but in this scenario you're brilliant you're brilliant I think I said this to you before about listening I have never listened to anybody the way I have listened to you I don't think in my entire That's, life. I feel like it's a dirty dancing quote. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? And it's most of all, I'm, I'm scared. scared. I'm, I'm walking out of this room, room and never feeling the way I'm doing it. The way I yeah. feel. 
feel so when I'm with you? Which beautiful. wouldn't be unusual because Dirty Dancing is my, my absolute love. But you're right, I have unintentionally ripped off a baby quote. Damn it. But what I mean is it's true. I have never listened to anybody in my entire life the way I have listened to you. That's been an extraordinary experience in, in itself to offer up full presence, full attention to somebody and their story. And it's also made me realise how rarely, how rarely I do that for anybody else in my well, life. I feel very lucky, but you're so, very good at um, it. But I recommend it to other people, actually, just as a way to conduct yourself through life, to be with people in their stories, to listen to somebody in their pain and don't be frightened of it. Yeah, well, that's what I try to get across with the how are you thing, you know, ask someone how they are and then be okay with how they respond. You know, don't try and make it better because we all try to do that and we can't. And I think that's the same. Like you ask someone how they are and the waves of their feeling will rush at you like a tide coming in and as they're meant to, but they will also recede. And that's the part of giving somebody space to talk about how they how they really are. And it builds real connection and it builds real relationship. And that is really what, one of the things as well as our daily joys. That's all what we all want is more love and more connection and more understanding. So I hope that's been part and parcel of this. Mm. It's definitely been for me. So... Yeah, I hope it's been for you. I love your surfing analogy there as well. I love it. Oh, no, the waves don't rush me when I'm surfing. I just literally fall in them and drown a bit while being bashed on the head by a surfboard. Well, um, whilst we're on you, I also want to flag that you did something really amazing this week and really important. And you did this amazing poem about getting a smear test. I mean, I'd love you to do it now. But before gosh. you do, yeah. just throw that out there too, because it's so good. Um... One thing I've never talked about is like when you have cancer, you still have to keep everything in check. I Mm. think about that a lot. I think about the fact I haven't been to the dentist. I think about the fact I haven't been for a smear test, a mammogram, you know, just like your regular checkups. And again, we've talked about self-care and self-care is having a bath. No, it's going to the doctor, getting these checks done. And we've said it before, whether it's getting your prostate, getting whatever it is, man, woman, get yourself checked. Boob check, neck check. Neck. Smear test check, check cervix check. bloody neck. Have a good old feel around when you're shaving or when you're washing your face. Have a good old feel of your neck. And if you feel anything, go and get it checked. I spoke to my clinical nurse and I said, look, if I had any, like, cancer not related to the bloody Ross 1, you know, or the thyroid, but somewhere else, would it come up in a scan? I said, for example, should I go for a smear? I said, because actually that checks for HPV before it becomes cervical cancer, right? So you're trying to track it early. And if you get abnormal cells, that can also be totally normal and you can have... And she said, no, you should still do that. So your poem triggered that and I think it's an made you go and book in for a smear test yeah and I think it's important for people to remember who have cancer that that doesn't mean everything's being looked after if you're treating the cancer you'd think that though wouldn't you that somehow with all the tests that you're having done it was kind of like a full body sweep and stuff would be picked up but no that's not, not the with case, yeah though. not with those early detections you know so yeah okay do it so yeah this is a poem I wrote for precisely that reason to encourage more women to get their smear tests done because um, as Casey said if you have any unusual looking cells if it's picked up and monitored you're fine you can have them removed it's not a drama and I think there's a lot of worry about going for smear tests because it's it's not a totally pleasant thing but anyway it's but it's not as bad as you think so this is my poem to encourage people to um to go for their smear tests right it's called public cervix announcement and also did you know Katie it's actually cervical cancer awareness month 
in September. In September. So, this should be going out in September, yeah. Should we just get it out? Just okay, about, so, maybe October, so, but... So there we go. Uh, right. Do not fear your smear. Think of it like a dental checkup, but for your vagina, while you lie on a blue paper towel-covered recliner. And if you're worried or unsure what you're in for, let me tell you this. It's not as awkward as someone finding your sex toy, or as bad as being fingered by a teenage boy. It's slightly more uncomfortable than using a tampon for the first time, but nothing like childbirth, pushing a melon out of a lime. It's not the torture of a bikini wax or getting your eyebrows threaded, it's just another thing to be temporarily endured rather than dreaded. It's not exactly pleasant, but deep breaths and you'll be fine. And best of all, it's over in no time. So do not fear your smear. Get yourself to a GP and let them have a look-see. You can get it done by a female doctor or nurse. And trust me, darling, we've all known worse. Staring at the ceiling, wondering what it is you're feeling, and then they tell you it's over. Done. Finished for you before it even begun. So do not fear your smear. Do not leave yourself in limbo. Get your legs akimbo and find out what your cervical cells are doing. And please go get screened if you're over 24 and screwing. Do not fear your smear. It's a life-saving quick in and out, nothing to write home about. It takes a couple of minutes, slightly less than this poem to read. But unlike this poem, a smear test is something you really need. Ah! <laughs> performed, with slightly, performed with slightly less gusto than I'm used to, but I haven't normally been crying before I get on stage. So That yeah, was beautifully performed. That was brilliant. I love the sexy, sensual sound that comes out when you talk about, not that smears are particularly sexy, but you threw out a few little sexy connotations then. Sexy connotations. But go get it done. Cervix owners, just book yourself in. It literally is a couple of minutes procedure. You can have a chaperone if you're worried about going on your own. Just get it done. Book it in. Agreed. Do it. And, you know, that poem worked because I did it and I'm sure I'm not the only one that booked it in after hearing that. Brilliant, Claire. Thank you so much. Sorry I threw that a bit onto you, but I no, knew if I tell fine. you or ask you, you you know, it wouldn't be as authentic as it always is. So I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it on Claire for once. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Having the cam literally the camera pushed in your face rather than the way around. Well listen, thank you for having me. Oh, God, it's been the best. It's been the best. And listen, season three will be here. It will be me plus guests. The, the, the maestro, the maestro plus guests. Me plus guests. So Host us with the most us plus I guests. I hope the listeners stick with it and bear with me. Um, but we're going to do one more episode, which is a bit of a wrap yeah. up. Yeah. To keep it condensed, we're going to be yeah. strict about that because I was yeah, waffle and waffle a, and waffle. It's going to be a short one. We'll promise it's a short one. All right, darling. All right, I love you. Love you, Claire. Thanks Mwah. so much from all my heart. All, all my heart to all your heart. Love you. Bye, 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 darling. Thanks for listening to this week's Talking With Cancer. Feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify or Google. It could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye.